Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious or just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Please hold for an important message. Hey, you freak Sarah Adams. I can't get to my phone right now, so just leave me a quick message. And I'll give you a call back as soon as I can. Thanks. Good morning. I just wanted to call and say how much fun I had at the table read for the feature that we wrote, Blender. And it made me think about how much fun it was making our very first podcast, Blender, the fictional true crime podcast with our characters, Jess and Meg, from the story that we wrote. And so I just checked. It's still available on all platforms. So I'm going to give it a binge listen today because it was just like the most fun project. Uh, And I just wanted to tell you that I love writing movies and making podcasts with you, Bestie. Oh, this is Maggie. Okay, bye. End of message. Your episode of Unstable Topics will be starting in 3, 2, 1, fight! Hey, Bestie. Hey, Bestie. So, oddly enough, I guess it's not really odd, but I had a really weird dream last night that I had a pool in my backyard, and <gasps> I didn't know I had a pool. Like, everyone's like, oh, no, we're coming over to go swim in your pool. I'm like, I don't have a pool, and I walk into my backyard, and there's a pool. And I'm like, wow, I have a pool. This this frees up so much of my anxiety of what to do with my kids during the summer because I have a pool in my backyard. So it's like my dream merging with like conscious thoughts in my brain, like rationalizing why this pool, this fictional dream pool is a good idea. Can you imagine if you woke up one day and your friends had surprised you by building an in-ground pool? I wouldn't, it would have to be like a week vacation. And you come I, back and you I have come a pool. Back as in ground pool. I don't know if I would. Would you like that? I know. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I'm like, no. Do you know how much work? And oh, I remember distinctly in my dream, my parents said, hey, have you checked the chlorine level of your pool? I'm like, what? No, I didn't know I had a pool. Like, yeah, you should really do that before anyone gets in. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like a gift that gives you so much more work and a higher water bill. We had a pool when we moved back to Texas um, from Georgia. My parents, we had a pool when I was a sophomore in high school. And thinking back on it, and my parents, I can hear them now saying, you guys never used that pool. And now I'm like, why didn't we ever use the pool? Because it's 110 degrees at like 8 a.m., you know? bath water, essentially, at that point. Right. Yeah. I, I have been in the pool already a lot more this summer than previous summers I've been going because the kids are old enough now where they're more responsible around the water. I don't feel like I'm, I mean, I'm watching them very carefully, but I don't feel like at any moment they're going to just run into the water, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. like walk off the edge. I feel like they have more spatial, spatial awareness. So I feel better about going to the pool. Yeah. But it's, it's about to be too hot for water even. I know. I know. 
it's it's wild. I still not like in theory, water parks and pools are a good idea. But you get me to those places, I'm like, eh, this is I don't want this. I don't want this. Do you know I used to be a lifeguard at a water park? I did know you used to be this, and this is what we've had this conversation because, like Sarah, don't ever go to water parks because I used to be a lifeguard at one, and I know the dirty secrets. It's it's one of those things that I just get this sinking, gross feeling in my belly thinking of all the band aids and wedgies and hairy backs. Uh, but it's also I feel like a part of childhood that you have to go to a water park, I know. and your parents have to hate taking you. Yes. 100%. But it's the smell, like the sunscreen smell and the just like boogers. It's it's not public pools and public water parks or just even private. I don't know. What are water parks? Private water parks? I think they're all, pub, all water parks you have to pay entry. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not the, they're not, you need a lot of chlorine yes. in those waters. So I was looking at splash pads last night and I saw this really cool one. Um, in a city close to ours and I was doing some more reading and it had like this diagram or infographic about how to keep be safe and it's like don't pee in the water don't do this because it showed in this infographic how the water goes down and then it's quickly filtered and comes back I'm like oh I'm never going to oh, this no. again I never thought about that like if a little kid or somebody pees in that water it's just filtered. It's recycled. It's all recycled water. It's not new water. Oh, right. Oh gosh, no. I mean, I I know that like water gets recycled after going through like the water treatment plant. Uh-huh. I never thought that at a splash pad filled with very young children, very young children that are a thousand percent urinating 100%. all over the ground in the water. They are just like that is. By the time it comes back up, I'm sure at the end of the water park day, the splash pad day, it is 95% urine. has to be. I'm going to go look back at this infographic, and I, I bet it says how quickly it's cleaned. Because it's got to be, like, cleaned. But still, it's – yeah, it disturbed me to the point I'm like, I can't take them. It's free, and they, it looks amazing, and the kids would love it. But I'm like, I can't. And, and no. like, I'd rather not know. Now. Right? I'd rather not know. They shouldn't have put that infographic out no. there. There are certain things in life that just don't tell me. Ignorance is bliss. And this is one of those times. Speaking of dangerous water, are you ready for your fact? I am. Jaws, one of the most iconic lines from that movie, you're going to need a bigger boat, was improvised. As the screenwriter Carl told the Hollywood Reporter, you're going to need a bigger boat had become a running joke on the film set meant to signal small mishaps. Quote, it became such a catchphrase for any time something went wrong. The line was ad-libbed at various times in the movie, and this is the one time that it made it to the final cut. I love the idea of being on set and any time an actor forgets the line, it's just like, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> or, or like... Uh, one of the flags falls or a prop goes wrong. Up, oh, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Ah, oh, sorry, I wasn't recording audio. Wow, you're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> and I'm just thinking in this scene, right? They see in Jaws. They spoiler alert. They see the the shark, and then he's like, "You're gonna need a bigger boat." And I'm wondering in that moment why why this time they thought this was like a mistake or something went wrong or funny. 
I think he probably, it's just he'd heard it so many times that it was like, it's one of those phrases that's just in your head. Mm -hmm. So as you're stalling for time, you say something and it probably just came off, like rolled off the lips. I'm wondering if everyone on set was laughing when he said that or if they were like, oh, this is it. That works. (laughs) This is the moment. Or if the screenwriter was pissed. He's back there, you know, taking those good old Carl, like son of a gun. You're going to change my dialogue. Son of a gun, that's better than anything I wrote in this entire script. You're not getting a writer's credit. You're not going to get it. Would you be... I feel like I would be equal parts, like, excited Mm -hmm. that that line came out. Because it makes the the movie that much better. It is the movie. I mean, how many times do you hear someone say that? It's a lot. People quote that line a, a lot. Right. Would you be as Carl... Would you be a little, like, sad that you didn't think of it? Or, like, like, oh, I wrote this awesome movie and it's got so many great pieces, and yet the one line that people quote all the time, I did not write? Or would you just be happy that people like the movie? I would be happy because I think of when we filmed, when we filmed Civic Duty, the jury scene, Isaac, one of our jurors, improvised a lot of lines about why he had to his character had to leave and they were hysterical it's true so much better than anything you and i had written and the final cut was one of his improvised lines and i'm like this made the film so much better because it's not you created the characters carl yeah carl carl don't worry about you made these wonderful robust characters Mm -hmm. that allowed the actors to improvise within the world you created. So you know what, Carl? I, I agree with Sarah. It's not – you should not feel sad about that. You we don't know if glad. Carl's sad. We don't know if he's sad. We're just assuming because – I'm not assuming – yeah, I'm assuming that assuming he felt some kind of way at some point. You know, when he – I don't know when he told the Hollywood Reporter this. And it might have been, like, out of spite, too, because he could have been like, oh, yeah, that was an improvised – like, before the line became a thing. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, that was improvised line that people were saying on set. Yeah. I don't know. I bet Or the happy. guilt. Yeah, the guilt of like, I can't take credit for this amazing line. An honest writer, you know. I will say, though, on Carl's defense or behalf, it was something that organically came up on set. And you can't plan for those magical moments, no. you know. Can we try and say Carl's last name? Yes. It's G-O-T-T-L-I-E-B. Gottlieb. That's what Gottlieb? I was, Gottlieb? 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 Gottlieb. Carl, Carl Gottlieb. Lieb. L-I-E-B. E-E. Yeah, Gottlieb. Gottlieb? You think Lieb? Yeah, yeah. because... Well, it's lie. Gottlieb. But if it's... Well, so if it's German and it's two vowels together, you say the second one. Oh. And I know this because of my last name. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Huh. Fact. I don't know if that's a German last name, though, because I have no understanding of country of origin. But, uh, you know, fact. a fact within a fact. OK, Maggie, are you we've talked about catchphrases and we talked about Carl's name enough. Are you ready for your react? I am. OK, pretty easy. What's your catchphrase? Great question. I'm trying to think of like things my kids repeat that I'm like, oh, yeah, I do say that a lot, okay. you know, and some of those things would be, oh, really, really? Uh, that might be a good one. Or, um, oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah I think I, probably something along those lines. I think I say those 
a lot. I can also say those if I was like a superhero, I could say it in a good way or or a bad way. It can be like, oh, shoot. Oh, really? Or it can be like, oh, really? Oh, shoot. What's yours? Um, something that's come from this podcast is, wow, Maggie. Wow. That's true. That's a good one. And I have said it to my children. I'll go, wow, Maggie. Wow. Like where they do something absolutely ridiculous. And Walter's like, I'm not Maggie, I'm Walter. I'm like, that's that's what makes it funny. That's the that's actually if I could that's kind of the joke. It's like you have to explain your catchphrase to everyone. But not to everyone, because we have so many listeners and they completely understand. Our that. listeners get it. Yeah, which is Which I'm surprised because Walter's one of our Walter is an avid listener. He yeah. legit and this is this is no joke, no beef or whatever. He legit asks to play unstable topics in the car and we just listened to this week's and it was the banana episode where I talk about how I try and be tricky with his banana and <gasps> say the whole top of the banana. And he goes, Mama, what are you saying? And I'm like, nothing, nothing. And then he goes, wow, Maggie, wow. And I'm like, you do get it. Well, 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 it's time to take a brief break from all these facts and dive into the facts of our personal lives. Oh, really? Sarah and Maggie will cut through the airways with heartfelt true stories from the week. Sarah, you recently volunteered at a vacation Bible school to be the story reader at the start of the day. And something that I appreciate and I think that our bestie listeners would also enjoy is that you did this as a completely bizarre and delightful character. I don't know her name, but I would love for you to share a little bit about the background of this woman and, I don't know, maybe embody her one time, one more time for the listeners. Do you want me to do the whole thing? And Well, tell me about... Tell me about her, and then maybe you can introduce her, and I can talk to her. Her name is Miss Patricia, and Miss Patricia started a few years ago when I, with my son, trying to get him to do chores or listen when he's not listening to me, as I would like, for those watching on YouTube, I would put like this little hand puppet in where I put my middle two fingers, touch into my thumb, and then my pointer and my pinky are sticking straight up, and she would talk. And these are her eyes, my pointer and my pinky, and this is her mouth. And she would talk to Walter and uh, talk to him about life. And he would ask for Miss Patricia on occasion just to see what she was up to and how she was doing. And so this character became a human in a reel like a year and a half ago where I donned the purple blazer from our short film blender and these glasses from another um, promo video we made put it together and that was Miss Patricia so during vacation Bible school there's a part in the opening where uh, you retell a story it's a story retelling portion and I'm like how can I make this engaging for uh, the kids that are there and I'm like I bet Miss Patricia would like to make an appearance and so I uh, workshopped it with Walter and he said it was good so I rolled it yeah. out well, uh, because if you, you know that Miss Patricia has a 100% listening rate, people love listening to Miss Patricia. Sarah Adams is like, ah, you know, 50-50, but Miss Patricia is always going to hit. Can I, would, would you mind, could you bring out Miss Patricia? I'd just like to say thank you for 
all the work that she does. Oh, hello, Maggie. Oh, hello. Oh, I didn't know I was going to be on the interweb talking on this podcast today. Oh, my goodness. I just want to say, Walter, Walter, if you're listening, I just want to say you're fantastic. I think you're brilliant. And I just, I just want to say hello. And Maggie, oh, my goodness. I'm here talking to you. I just hear so much about you. Miss Patricia, I just want to say thank you for all you do. Oh, stop. You're an incredible resource to the community, to the internet, to children everywhere. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm not anything more than just myself. If I say one thing, one thing, only just be you. You know, if you're going to do anything in this life, go out, you be you, because I'm going to be me and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful music we make together. That is, that is the wisest thing I've ever heard on this podcast. Thank also, you, Miss Patricia. Also, don't forget that when you leave the house that you have fresh underwear on all the time. I can't tell you how many times I forgot to put on fresh panties and that came back to get me in the behind literally literally (laughs) that's a good joke maggie and that's that man oh man what a special glimpse that was behind the curtain maggie are you ready for a fact i am this one got me barcode scanners read the white spaces between the black lines rather than the black lines themselves that's interesting yeah. to me. But, oh, so it could be any color or it has to be black for the contrast? That's a really good question. I'm going to assume it has to be black for the contrast. I'm trying to think if I've seen packaging where it's like a purple or a um, darker color. But I can't think of any right now. That That is literally reading between the lines. And boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> If there's maybe that's where that came from. Maybe, maybe people were like, read between the lines, like a barcode scanner. And then uh-huh. I thought of zebras. You know how people are like, are zebras white with black stripes or black with white stripes? My daughter said they're black with white stripes. She said she learned that in school. And if MJ said it, I believe it. I've seen you can do like cool things with them. People are starting to get creative with more graphic-y barcodes, which I think is, you know, fun. On the Nestle Toll House chocolate chip packages is the shape of a, like a mitten, like a. Uh, oh, that's cute. Like I would assume like a hot, a hot pad mitten to you would grab yeah. out of the oven. Which did you know? Wait, I was about to say something. No, wait, this was, I don't know if this is actually true. So I'm going to say it anyways. Do it. It just has an asterisk next to it. I'm going to say it as a question. Okay. What is the Arby's logo? Is it, is it a hand? Is it an oven mitt? Is it an oven mitt? Like, oh no, it's a hat. It's a cowboy hat. I thought it was a cowboy hat, but then am I, is this an alternate universe or did this actually happen? For a while, Arby had, Arby's had a mascot that was an oven mitt. I don't remember that. Um, I'm sorry. I have to Google this Google because it. I feel a little crazy. Yeah, it did. It did? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's, and then here's a quick, the first thing on Google is, what happened to Arby's <laughs> oven mitt? <laughs> I don't only look. I it was two thousand five because I always thought it was a, a cowboy hat. I was like, oh, it's roast beef. Cowboys like beef. Sure, you know. Yeah, Arby's. We got the meats. Yeah, and then I remember in 
it was like 2005 they stopped it. So this must have been like 2004, sometime around there. I distinctly remember watching a commercial and all of a sudden the Arby's logo turns into this oven mitt. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) I was like, what? It was a shocking moment for me. So I'm glad this is true because I was like, maybe this was a fever dream. I don't know. But that's what I was going to say. I was like, did you know that the Arby's logo is an oven mitt? I am. I'm like, oh, I do remember him. It was Chris Parnell too that voiced him, right? I don't remember that. I think I never even listened to a word he said because I was so shocked. But there's a lot of merch here. 2003, 2004. I remember him. Oh, no. It was comedian Tom Arnold. Oh, Tom Sorry, Arnold. Chris Parnell. I saw it and immediately thought of Chris Parnell because, I mean, he's fantastic. But no, it's Tom Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. And it was probably like a Jack – trying to be like Jack in the Box. But it's like, I'm sorry – we're all confused why Arby's has an oven mitt. We're all confused by Let's it. Let's be honest. I doubt Arby's is using an oven. They do have really good curly fries, though. On that curly fry note, which brings us to our React, back to the barcode scanners through our Arby's journey. And this is, a, this is an honest one. When you check out, say you have 15 items, do you do self-checkout or... Do you go to a register with the person? Um, I will do self-checkout, and here's why. Very rarely are there people at the other registers around at the shops I go to. It's like you are hard-pressed to find someone at the register, so I have to end up going with my entire cart of groceries and self-checking out. I will also say, just yesterday... I was at the store with all three of my children, my beautiful children, Mm -hmm. and they've been so patient. And I have a cart full of groceries and items. And so I'm like, you know what? I know Sarah has a hot opinion about people going to self-checkout. I will go to one of these not self-checkouts because I have a lot of items. And I, every time I do that, get stuck behind the person who is trying to use expired coupons and is like, call over a manager call someone over and this poor cashier is like I'm sorry it's just like my computer's not registering this it says it's expired and the call a manager and I'm just like oh my gosh so I got three kids in a cart groceries full candy all around because you're in the mm-hmm. you're not in the self-checkout so you got candy all around and I will say I think I will never do that again I'm just gonna self-checkout it takes this it takes less time to do it and you go faster there's more options and you know you're going to be able to do it you like you know you're going to be able to check out as opposed to you might get stuck in a very small confined space with children mm-hmm. for 15 to 20 minutes which is actually hell thank you so much for joining us if you enjoyed this episode we would love a review subscribe or for you to share this with a friend you think would like it Or all three of those things. You can do all three and make our day and help us grow. If longer than three minute podcast is too much for you, you can always catch an abbreviated version of our show over on Jam by texting unstable topics to 552266. And you can catch more of our antics on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok under the username The Monthly Junk or at themonthlyjunk.com. Bye. Peace. Peace.